Hi, everyone, and welcome to In the Red Zone, part of the Total Sports 24-7 Network. This is Chris Hayes, the host and producer for this podcast and all podcasts across the Total Sports 24-7 Network. You can find archived episodes of this podcast and all podcasts across the network on our website. It's totalsports247.podbean.com. Be sure to follow us on X as well, totalsports underscore 247. And then lastly, please consider subscribing to our Substack. It's weekendweekout.substack.com. Joining me today on our NFL wildcard weekend playoff, super wildcard weekend playoff preview is yet again Fred Dinger 2-3, Craig Castriano. Craig, welcome back to the program. How are we feeling about this weekend? One of the most exciting weekends of the year, I would say, in all of sports. Correct. We have six games. It's a super wild card weekend. Good good job correcting yourself there. Thanks. We got two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then the one on Monday, which it's it's great for a viewer, but I don't like for the teams playing Monday yeah. night in the winter going on a short week, but it is exciting. Yes. Yeah. A lot of good action. Lots of good action. We're going to get into all of it today. We're going to cover the Saturday games first, then the Sunday games, then we'll spotlight the Monday game to close. We have prop bets to make for each of the games, and we have game plays to make on both the spread and the total for all the games. We don't have picks for every single game, both of us, but combined, we'll have you covered for every single game for our bet recommendations. Uh, anything to add, Craig, before we dive right into the games? No, just a, a quick recap. Last week was pretty bad on my end. I was two and eight. Mm. So mm. we're looking to recover. But overall, since we we have done the podcast together, I'm 12 and nine. So I will uh, tr- try to build off of that, get closer to above 60% for yeah. winners. But highs and, and lows, uh, and we're just we're, right. we're ready to recover. But we're going to own our bad weeks and, and yep. celebrate the good weeks. So that's what, we're do- that's what I'm doing. But yeah, let's dive right in. I think we're going to celebrate a good week this week. I feel like we've got our pulse on what's going on. We've got our picks, and we're going to start with the first game on Saturday. And for... The purposes of these conversations, how I'm going to frame them, I'm still going to use DraftKings as a baseline benchmark. If we see better odds at other books, we will say as much as we cover each of the games. But again, to frame the conversation, we'll start with the the DraftKings total. For Cleveland at Houston, 430. This game's on NBC. It is Cleveland minus two at minus 112 with the total at 44 and a half money line odds are Cleveland minus 135 Houston is at plus 114 so Craig let's start where do you want to go with this game the spread the total or prop so I'm looking at the total in this one and I like the over 44 and a half I looked into it Cleveland is averaging over 20 28 points per game with Flacco as the starting quarterback. Yeah. Houston averaging around 25 points a game at home. I know in the playoffs, things change, things get a little tighter, but they, I, I still like both teams to, to go over. Are you looking at maybe a, you know, 28, 23 final 20, 25, 20, 24, 21, even get to there. Um, they did play yep. in week 16, right? Um, I think Houston was pretty banged up at that game, but it was 36-22. I don't think Stroud played in that game, right? I, think, I don't I think, think so. Maybe, I think it was Keenum. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I like the over here. Uh, I also like the over. I like it a lot. It's probably one of my preferred bets of the weekend. I think both of these teams are understand that they're going to have to score points in order to move on. I think they're both going to be aggressive and creative on offense. Houston specifically, I think will be pretty creative on offense in order to get past this pretty good Browns defense. I think Stroud can handle the pressure, even if he's not having his full complement of receivers. I, I, I think that Brown might be back. I don't know. Have you seen anything on that? The latest I heard was that both Brown and Robert Woods 
could miss this one. So, could but miss. I haven't, I haven't seen Brown probably has a better chance to play. I haven't seen yeah. anything official though. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, Stroud's unbelievable. I, I, I remember, you know, I was talking to a mutual friend of ours actually this, uh, like maybe a couple of weeks, couple of days ago. And I was talking about Stroud and I remember him at Ohio state, right. Where he had just a, you know, the cupboard was full. Let's just put it that way. Right. And there was, there's this reputation of Ohio state where it, they're a little bit of plug and play a quarterback, right. Where they've had great quarterback play, but then they haven't had a ton of success when you move on to the next level. Right. They just, they just really haven't. And I was kind of thinking that with Stroud naively, looking at him from his days at Ohio State and being like, oh, well, he's benefiting from Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Buka, Jordan, you know, Julian Fleming, you know, Travion Henderson, all these, you know, just the talent was out of control, right? And I would say in a decent to average offensive line protecting him. So he was still able to play well behind that. And then you look at Ohio State this year with Kyle McCord, and Devin Brown, and you look at McCord, you know, five-star quarterback, you know, look, looking like he sort of fits the Ohio State mold, and he was terrible, like, most of the year, transferring down to Syracuse. They get to the point now at Ohio State where they have to bring in Will Howard because they don't trust Devin Brown to take the reins over next year. Will Howard is a fine quarterback, but played under offensive mastermind Colin Klein and one of the best offensive lines in the country at Kansas state. Right. So like you think that maybe his numbers are slightly inflated. Now he's coming into Ohio state and it's like, wow, Stroud was really special. You know, it's like upon reflection, I'm just realizing how good he was and how that has translated to the NFL. Like he is a special player. Yeah, he he. So, just take that one stat alone. Interceptions, five, right? Yeah, for a rookie quarterback, five interceptions, led his team to a division title. They were probably picked last in the division. I would bet, yeah. To you know, to start the season, so yeah, he's been incredible for them. And this game, I I, I know defense travels for Cleveland, but the game overall is going to be. I think it's going to be a really good game. It's going to be very competitive. I think it's going to be really competitive as well. And like I said, I'm on the over with you. I think it's going to go well over the 44 and a half points. Joe Flacco is the play I'm going with. After talking about C.D. Stroud, you know, and, and you know, praising and his uh, his accomplishments and his his abilities, I'm not even going to go with him <laughs> just because 242 and a half. I feel like could be high and. I don't know necessarily what to do with it. Like I said, they they may run a little bit more. They depending on what weapons they have available for Stroud uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So we'll see. Flacco, I do like a couple different plays though. He, I, so Flacco has a good playoff reputation, and they have been letting him sling the ball all over the field. You know, over forty plus attempts in his last four games, two hundred sixty eight and a half passing yards. I think he could go over that. And I think he will go over that. This is that minus 115 over on DraftKings. That's going to be my first play. Second, I'd like Flacco to go over one and a half touchdowns as well. And that's at plus 105. I think that's even better value than the passing yards. And so those are the two bets that I like uh, prop-wise for this game. Flacco over 268 and a half passing yards at minus 115. And then over one and a half touchdowns at plus 105. I think... He could use Najoku. I think he could use Elijah Moore. I think he could find Amari Cooper. I think one of the backs could score. Like, I think there's a ton of ways that he can get to that over one and a half. I could see that happening. He's been lights out since he started. started lights uh, out. Right. And against, uh, I think he started against the Rams. They lost that game and then they went on to win four in a row with yes. him. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, my play in the prop side of things for that game is Nico Collins mm-hmm. over 73 and a half receiving yards. That's at MGM minus 115. Um, he's healthy again. He's going to get his share of targets, if not more than he usually gets with yeah. the uncertainty at the receiver position. I know Cleveland's got a good defense and they've ranked well against the receivers this year, but I can't see Nico not getting his and 
um, Stroud and Nico continuing that connection. So that's where my prop play is. Over 73 and a half at minus 115 at MGM. Is that right? Correct. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Let's go to the second game. This is the Peacock game. Craig, do you have Peacock? You're going to watch this game, the Miami and Kansas City game? I don't have Peacock and I'm not getting it. I do have Peacock and I will uh, be tuning in. And if, you know, if some people just happen to find my Peacock ID and password, then they're welcome to to try to use that. Mm. Yes. Uh, But yeah, that's it. That's Kind of an annoying for the the broader fan base to kind of to... annoying. <laughs> it's awful. There was some someone on Kansas City tweeted that out. Did you see that? I don't remember who it was. Someone tweeted out the fact that the game was on Peacock, and he was like, "Are you serious? Did you see this?" I don't know if I saw that. I did see someone is actually offering to buy people subscriptions so they can watch the game. <laughs> yeah. Um. I've decided, so I, I have a buddy of mine who went to the University of Alabama. He is you know, struggling right now with the t- uncertainty at the, um, with Saban retiring and all that. Um, but we're going to do a FaceTime Saturday night because Alabama and Mississippi State are playing basketball at 830 on the SEC network, and that's what we're going to do. So nice. we have you know come up with an alternative to having the world trying to force us into every single subscription known to man. We're not, we're not going there, but anyway, you can still w- win money on the game without watching it. So what we have for this one chiefs minus four and a half at minus minus one twelve currently at DraftKings. totals at 44. It's over one fifteen, and under is minus one Oh five. And then money line plays are Miami plus one ninety. chiefs is minus two thirty. So let's start, Craig. Where are your plays for the Dolphins Chiefs Saturday night? So I did find a total that I like, and it's at 43 and a half. But when I when I looked, and I am taking yep. the under, so I would switch to the 44. Um, mm-hmm. I like the under. The Chiefs um, are not the juggernaut, offensive juggernaut that they once were. Their nope. defense has been really carrying them, I think, this year. And yes. so they averaged 22.8 points per game at home. The mm, Dolphins. That's a good stat. That's that's not that's not particularly high for them, right? And the Dolphins averaged twenty six point one points per game on the road. Mm-hmm. However, they averaged seventeen and a half points per game on the road against teams with winning records. Mm, that would include the Chiefs. They scored well. That and that game was overseas, right? But that oh, yeah. game ended twenty one fourteen. Yeah. The Dolphins against a team with a winning record on the road scored nineteen, fourteen, seventeen, and twenty. Wow. That's Their really wins good. on the road are against the Chargers, the Patriots, the Jets, and the Commanders. Mm-hmm. I just think that this is all lean. The lean, my bet, is on the under. I the, Again, the Chiefs play slower. They don't have as many game breakers this year. Kelsey's slowing no. down. Yes. Not to mention the Dolphins are also banged up. Waddle's hurt. Hill's been playing hurt. Um, Mostert should be back, but they're they're, they've got injuries across the board on both sides of the ball. And not to mention, let's talk about it's going to be minus 30 degrees. Yeah. So, they've got they've got Melvin Ingram running down the field trying to cover receivers. That that's where that's where their defense is at right now. Yeah. Yeah. What do we think about this weather? How did that factor into analyzing the entirety of this game? It's tough to factor in, really. I th- I think so. You're less throwing, but more running and does that lead to it, it could work on both sides of the ball in my head you're running it and you don't really want to get hit and hit the ground but how many defenders want to um tackle isaiah pacheco in mm-hmm. the freezing cold as well right so there i oh, it, it's going to lean to a lot of running and a lot of clock movement and and again both teams if it's indoors and you know 70 degrees i still I still would lean on the under given given the stats from this year and the yeah. offensive output. Yeah. I mean it's it's going to be so cold. I think that's an underrated like factor to this game. Like I think people don't appreciate how cold that is. Like zero. It's going to be less right. than 0 degrees. Like that is frigid, that is uncomfortable 
conditions to play in. You're going to have to rotate a lot more players, I think, because people are going to need to be heating up on the sidelines. I think the there will be more running of the ball to get the game sort of moving and shorten the game a little bit, fewer possessions for both teams. So if you if you have a nagging injury, it's not going to feel better in zero degrees. No. And then you go into the locker room, you thaw out, and then you come back and it hits you all over again. Like it's, I mean, these conditions are absolutely miserable. Uh, I, I do think one player could thrive, particularly in these conditions. And that is the aforementioned Isaiah Pacheco. He is the play that I like in this game over 64 and a half rushing yards. I think they lean on him more than their other backs, McKinnon and Edwards Alaire. He is to me, the number one running back in that room, like, Pretty clearly, I think he's going to get somewhere in the range of at least 15 touches, maybe even more than that on the ground. It, 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 again, the Chiefs, you know, Mahomes has shown that he doesn't have the utmost faith in his receiving core with good reason. They drop the ball all the time. I, I think they they go to, you know, some short passing game and the running game and maybe trying to run on the outside against the Dolphins. And I think that screams Pacheco and the over. I do like the Chiefs in this as well. I am going to take the four and a half at minus 112 currently on DraftKings. I think that Miami is going to struggle in this game getting untracked. And I don't know how two it will play in cold weather. The Dolphins have lost their last 10 games when kickoff is 40 degrees or less. That does not bode well for this team at all, considering it's going to be 40 degrees below. 40 degrees <laughs> at the kickoff of this game. So I like the Chiefs minus four and a half. I, I think that, that Miami will struggle to score. And I don't know if they have an answer for Pacheco given their concerns on the defensive side of the ball. So we're going 64 and a half over rushing yards as well. All right, let's move to Sunday's games. We've got three on the docket. The first one is also a weather game. This is Pittsburgh at Buffalo. This has moved in the Steelers' favor a little bit. Current odds are Buffalo minus nine at minus 115 over on DraftKings. The total is falling off a cliff. It is at 34 right now. Money line bets are Pittsburgh plus 360, Buffalo minus 470. Craig, this one's a hard one to read as well. Definitely. I think harder to read, right? With the wind. Yeah. With the wind. Mm-hmm. With the wind factor and it it sounding like that game that New England and Buffalo played up in Buffalo. Yeah. It was Mac it. Jones didn't throw the yeah, ball. Right. Was it probably two years ago now? I think it might have been two years ago. Yeah. It sounds like it could be some of that. And so I'm not I don't have a gameplay on this one. When I looked, it's funny, both of the lines have moved down or one towards Pittsburgh and then the total just continues to move down and that yeah I the spread's moving closer hour. right spreads moving closer and the over under the total's coming down so that's the trend now and I do have a prop but I don't know if you have a gameplay no I'm with you I don't have a gameplay on this either I, you know I I want to lean Buffalo but just the the fact that I think it's going to be challenging to score makes it more challenging to go with a multi-score favorite. So I am going to stay away from the spread and the total, to be frank. So, Okay. So that being said, my prop play in the Pittsburgh-Buffalo game is Najee Harris over 57.5 rushing yards. That was on MGM. Yeah, let's hear it. At minus 115. So this is... I, I think there's going to be a lot of carries to be had in this game, a lot of running. Yeah. Ajay, they're leaning on him more in that what was the split backfield, especially on the ground. The last three weeks, he has 19 carries, 27 carries, 26 carries. Mm, 78 yards, 122 yards, 112 yards. So this seems low to me to begin with. And now with this weather forecast, I think that yeah, there's going to be a tendency that if they're not going to throw it and Buffalo is going to load the box too, you could think about it that way. But there's going to be there's a volume play here, and I I do think that he's going to go over that 57 and a half rushing yards. 
Yeah, and with Rudolph at the helm, they're not going to want to put him in situations where he's going to have to, you know, throw the ball and maybe take too much risk. Like you, you feel like they're going to trust more of what Pittsburgh's identity is, which is running the ball. Right, and Rudolph, I don't know if you saw his passing yard prop is like is about 150 yards. Let's see what it is currently on DraftKings. Um, and Josh Allen, I believe, is around 200. Yeah, currently on DraftKings, Allen is at 207.5, and Rudolph is 154.5. Okay. That's pretty low. That's pretty low. But I don't know that I would go over it. Nah, not not given, given that forecast. Again, strong winds make it a lot harder to throw the ball. Cold weather, I think they'll still find ways to get in the Miami Kansas city game, they're going to get the ball out and throw it, but wind and, and snow and yeah. that mess. I don't know. I, 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 I like the running games. I think Allen could, he's one of the few quarterbacks I think who can, who can like throw through wind, so to speak, but that doesn't mean that I like the play on him. And he, you know, he, he, he doesn't always go off. Right. We saw, you know, just your game against Dallas where he barely threw the ball, the game, the game you were talking about earlier against new England, you know, he didn't throw the ball that well, if at all in that game either. So I don't, I don't know that I would take an Allen prop in this one. There's a receiver though, that I have my eye on for this game. And that's Khalil Shakir. He is coming off. He's, he's trending upwards right for the bills and with Gabe Davis being ruled out of this game that gives Shakir much more of an opportunity even in addition to him becoming more of a target in this offense and I look at what they could do in red zone and goal to go situations I think Shakir might be like you have uh, the tight ends right Knox is a little bit unreliable because he drops the ball all the time so I don't know that they will go to him as much uh, their their backfield situation is still strange to me. Like they picked up Fournette, they're sitting Murray. I don't know what's going on there in terms of who's going to be available for this game. Have you seen anything related to that in terms of their backfield? Like who's going to be the backup running back? I I have not. I didn't look into it. I might be. I thought they were trending towards Fournette getting yeah. that, getting those carries in that backup role. Yeah. But I could be. I could be wrong. Um, that's, I think that's where they leaned last week. It was where they leaned last week. Yeah, for sure. I just, I don't know if it feels like it could change. I don't like to me, I was wondering if they put maybe this is me overthinking it. I I was wondering if they put Fournette in and played him to rest Murray so that he could then dress for this. I don't know. Maybe not though. Um, I just remember that I had a Latavius Murray prop a few weeks ago and then he didn't even play in that game. So (laughs) <laughs> the backfield situation in Buffalo confuses me. All of that, all of that is to say that I think Shakir could have a really good game. I like his uh, over total for receiving yards, 31 and a half, I think is pretty low, um, especially if they will have difficulty throwing the ball down the field. Like, like the short passing game caters to Shakir's skill set. I think if they get him in space, he could get a 31 yard play on his own just by his ability to make defenders miss. And I like his touchdown prop, anytime touchdown, a plus 285. We're going to go with both of those. He, he, you know, he doesn't really get into the end zone too much, but like I said, I think there's opportunity for him in this game, given, I don't know, what what they're doing at running back and <laughs> the fact that Dawson Knox doesn't catch the ball. That's, that's, that's really it. Um, so again, I like the anytime touchdown play for Shakira plus two eighty five and over thirty one and a half receiving yards minus one fifteen. Let's move on to the second game on Sunday. This is Dallas hosting Green Bay. Dallas is minus seven at minus one twelve at DraftKings right now. The totals at fifty and a half, slightly leaning over minus one twelve, and. Packers are plus 260 on the money line. Dallas is minus 325. What do we got on this one, Greg? So I don't have a gameplay for this one. Um, I do have a prop play on Dak Prescott over mm-hmm. 275 and a half passing yards. That's on FanDuel. 
275 and a half. 275 and a half on FanDuel at minus 114. Okay. And he, you know, he averages over 300 yards passing at home. And they're going to throw the ball. They're going to throw the ball even when they're not supposed to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So when they need to run clock, they throw the ball. And I think that he's going to have have a game, a good playoff game against Green Bay. I don't know about the game out, the outcome of the game. I think that's going to depend on the Dallas defense. So I'm not touching the game, but mm-hmm. I think Dak is primed to go over that passing yard mark and um, even even 300 if you have an alternate passing line, you want a little juice. Let's see what that is as we uh, continue to talk about this game. I like the over 50 and a half. There's a couple reasons for that. I think this game could go one of two ways. I think Dallas could get off to a great start and Green Bay's playing catch up the rest of the way, or it could be a back and forth affair. I think either way, this game could go over, right? I could see it being 38-21 Dallas. I could see it being... 27-24 27-24 Dallas. I could see it being 31-28. Either way, I think there's going to be a decent amount of points being scored. And I, I think the over is the play here relative to either the total or the spread. I can see a backdoor cover situation coming, where at the very least there's a push by Green Bay if Dallas gets up to uh, you know a lead where Green Bay is continuously going to have to throw the ball. For that reason, I like Jordan Love over 248 and a half total passing yards. He has been on absolute fire. And like, I know that it's been talked about that Love has had like a really good second half of the season. I guess I just didn't realize how good it's been. He has an 18 to one touchdown ratio in his last eight games with over 268 passing yards per game. So uh, in a game where the Ability to put the ball in the end zone and score touchdowns is crucial to victory, right? Because you're not going to hold Dallas, this Dallas offense down, right? Dallas is going to score at least three touchdowns in this game. So they're going to have to be able to match that. And the way they're going to do that is through the air. You know, they Aaron Jones, his status is questionable like it is every single week. Like he'll play, but like how healthy is he, right? And if he is ineffective, I don't trust A.J. Dillon to carry the burden in that backfield, meaning they're going to just have to wing the ball for second and third down and see what they can come up with on offense. But I think all of it points to Jordan Love's over 248 and a half passing yards. If you are looking for an alternate passing yard for Dak Prescott on DraftKings, 300 plus is at plus 135. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, that's good. And and they start their number on him at 280 and a half. So the yeah, the MGM line is or the the FanDuel line. I apologize is is definitely lower at this point in time. It's you know about four or five four and a half yards, so five yards. Um, so that's that's why I took that one. But yeah, that that three hundred plus is plus one thirty five, and then three twenty five plus is plus two fifty five. So something to look at. And I agree with you on Love. He's been he's been excellent. Um, uh, and with with a uncertainty at the receiving core with the injuries yeah right their top receiver is christian watson right he hasn't played maybe Mm -hmm. half the games i don't know the exact number but they they're he's playing well at qb with different receivers so that's that's how you know that he is definitely balling yeah and musgrave's been out too for a little bit at tight end they've had to go to craft for their their tight end one for second part of the season so yeah he has had weapons that have been banged up and like you said he's still producing and i think dallas's secondary i mean you know they have a you you can speak better to this but like they have a reputation as a risk-taking secondary right and so there's the potential for one or two big plays in the passing game for green bay to really shoot those numbers up pretty quickly for jordan love yeah, Dallas is, is it's built off of the the how can they get to the quarterback and if the line's doing well then this and that works with anyone right but the line, yeah. yeah Bland is is known to take risk and he can yes he can just Diggs was as well right um, at when before he got injured and last year when he was one of when he was 
when he's having a season and he's loading up on interceptions, it's because he's taking risks and he's jumping routes. And there are some times where you're going to jump something and it's a, it's a fake or it's, you know, yeah. it's just, a, it's, it's a pump and go and, and guys are wide open. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Two more games. Let's go to the final game here on Sunday. Probably the, I don't know, could be like the entertainment value for this one, I think is maybe the highest of all the games this weekend. It's LA at Detroit. The Rams are plus three at minus 108 currently on DraftKings. Totals at 51 and a half, slightly juiced to the over at minus 112. Rams are plus 136 on the money line. Detroit is minus 162. Craig, where do you want to go with the final game on Sunday? I have a game play um, on this one. I do. I like the Rams money line. They're plus okay. one forty, and that that plus one forty is at FanDuel and MGM. Okay. I think there's a coaching advantage for McVeigh here. Mm, I think the Rams have been playing, been playing better football overall. And the other factor is if, if no Sam Laporta, it's not looking good for him. And I think that. That alters this Detroit offense, and it could open up Goff to just a little bit more mistake prone um, without yeah. that without that security blanket and that that huge weapon that they have. And the Rams have been good against the run, so I I, I think that they're they're ripe for an upset here, and I'm going with that money line. So I did see a little bit on Laporta saying that he's optimistic that he will play. But that's Sam Laporta saying he's optimistic that he's going to play. I don't know what what coaching staff is saying, whether or not he will play. And optimistic to play doesn't translate into being effective when you do play. So either way, if I mean, Laporta's props are still out there. So even if he does play, I think effectiveness, you know, is a separate question from ability to play. Definitely. him. And I don't know what they... I don't know. Do, what do they have a tight end besides Laporta? I, I don't know if they have even have another, you know, option that Goff could go to to replace him just because he's been so great, especially the second half of the year. They do have a back, Brock Wright is yeah. a backup tight end for them. I uh, do know this because I have plugged him into my current DFS lineup, uh-huh. which we will get to sneak preview for the end of the episode. So that that but that that's open to change, right? It's like, you know, you look it up now and actually Laporta is warming up and catching balls at practice today. So yeah, right, right. That was as of 40 minutes ago. Right, right. Like I said, he says he's optimistic. Yeah. I don't know what that means. One for yep. how many snaps he'll play into what his effectiveness will be. And if he does play, does it mean that he run? maybe he is in more on running downs? Who knows? Like, you know, with a knee injury, right? It was a knee injury that he suffered, right? Like, I don't know that you want him running 15-yard routes down the field. You might not. You might just want to have him stick in and, you know, help pass protect. Anyway, I don't have a play in this game either. I think this game is really hard to read. Um, But, I'm sorry, not, not either. You do have a play. The Rams on the money line at plus 140. I do not have a play in this game. I think it is hard to read. I don't know about the total. I don't know about the spread. It's just really, I don't know. I can see a 27-24 game, like which pretty much would line up with the total and the spread. Like that's basically, I feel like it's spot on. So I'm going to avoid both of those. I think the best value on a prop play is Cooper Cup anytime touchdown at plus 120. When you look at, some of the uh, other touchdown props that are out there right now, he, I mean, his value, like Nakua is plus 110, right? And Cup is plus 120. You've got four different Lions players who have better odds to score a touchdown than Cooper Cup. So Cooper Cup being sixth overall in terms of anytime touchdown score to me shows that he, like, that's the best value, I think, on the board. So, that's the play that I'm going to go with. Anytime touchdown score, we're cup at plus 120. So there's one more game. Another intriguing game. I don't think necessarily for the game itself, but just for the storyline with who is playing in this game. And that's Philadelphia at Tampa. This is the Monday night game. I believe this game is on 
ESPN. I think this is the ESPN game. Philadelphia's favored three. It's at minus 108 on DraftKings with the total at 43 and a half. Money line spread or uh, money line odds, minus 155 to Philadelphia. And Tampa's at plus 130. So, Craig, what do we like in this game? So it is intriguing. This game, probably the most unknown amongst the yeah. players because of the injuries. Mm-hmm. We did talk weather earlier, playing a factor, and this is just more of who's playing, who's not playing, and who. And you talked effectiveness. If AJ Brown can go, how effective is he? Yep. Is Devonte Smith looks like he's going to play? How effective is he? Is Julio Jones a part of the game plan with one or both of those guys ineffective or out? So, and Baker Mayfield sat out practice on the other side for Tampa, right? So there's, there is a lot still up in the air here. And so I, I don't at this time have a gameplay. I do have one prop bet. Um, Chris Godwin, I like over 54 and a half receiving yards. That's on DK. Mm-hmm. DraftKings at minus 115. I think it's a good spot for Godwin. We do think Baker's going to play. Mike Evans, I also like his matchup. But if there is a play for Philly to put Darius Slay to follow Mike Evans, then Chris Godwin, I think, has a better matchup um, against Bradbury on the other side. And I think he'll do do quite well through the air during that game. On DK too, Evans' odds aren't that great, to be honest. I don't know if they, you would find them at other books, but he's at sixty-eight and a half total receiving yards. But it's juiced to minus one thirty-five. Like I don't, I don't know that that's the best play. So I understand the Godwin play. Um, I think it makes complete sense. Um, anything else on this game? I don't have anything else. It's just it is. I'm looking forward to watching it. I, I hope every all the big the big names play in the yeah. game. I think it could, it has potential to be a very competitive, a very good game. Um, or we could see a lot of offense if everyone was healthy. Yeah. And, it, and who knows, maybe the extra day, maybe this being on a Monday, we talked at the beginning, how we don't like the fact that this is on Monday because it's a disadvantage moving forward for whichever team advances, but it could help for this game to give people just another day to heal and maybe give it a go. Um, so I have a question for you um, if you want to answer it now or after you make your pick, but do you see either of these teams winning two games in the playoffs? No, I don't know. I don't think, I, I don't think either one of these teams is very good. <laughs> I think, you know, Philadelphia is, has been a dumpster fire ever since their 10 and one start. I think they lack an identity on offense. I think Jalen hurts is um, questioned as a leader, quite frankly, in that locker room. And uh, I, I think the future of Philadelphia is very much up in the air. I, I think Tampa um, is not as good as New Orleans. I think that Tampa snuck into the playoffs based on tiebreakers. But I think if Tampa and New Orleans were to play in a neutral field today, I would favor New Orleans probably by three and a half points. I, I, I don't know that uh, Tampa has enough to scare anybody past Philadelphia in this round. I don't you know I don't think Rashad White is the best running back in the league. I don't know that they have uh, enough offensively to keep up with some of the better offenses in the NFL. So, no, I don't I I would I would pick against as of right now whoever they were to play in the next round, I would favor their opponent. Yeah, I agree. And 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 just that short week too, right? You're talking they they're trying to get guys ready on a with an extra day and then after that game those same players that are are getting ready for that game will still be uncertain for the following game and i do think a healthy philly would still have a pedigree of strong leadership in the locker room meaning their players their core players some of their veterans and they could be dangerous but something was broken there in that chemistry and in the way they were playing before Correct. Some of these bigger injuries now. Correct. So it's, it's the it almost feels as if like the injuries. I mean, this is this is like maybe too much to say, but like 
it's not surprising that when you have a leadership and an attitude problem that all of a sudden people start getting injured. Like it's just, it's just not, it, it, it's, you know, when you have leadership and attitude problems, then that usually translates into effort problems. And when you have effort issues, that's when you get hurt. So I, I think that maybe there isn't a direct correlation, but I think it's all connected. So my play is going to be Tampa on the money line at plus 130. I think they're fortunate to get Philly in this spot. Like I said, I don't know what Philadelphia's identity is on offense. I think everybody, it's it's the tush push and nothing else. Like, I don't know what else they do. You know, they, they DeAndre Swift got off to a really good start this year, and, and he's kind of gone away. It. I don't know who their number one passing is supposed to be AJ Brown. Right. And he had a great streak in the middle towards the end of the season, but he's now complaining all the time and is banged up. Uh, Dallas Goddard has been banged up and just kind of a middle of the road tight end for them, where I think coming into the season, he was maybe projected to be at least a top 10, probably even higher than that um, tight end in the league. So, and Hurts, I, I, I just I don't I don't trust his. It, it, he's he's very up and down, right? He'll have four touchdowns and three hundred yards one week, and one hundred and twenty five yards and a pick the next week. It just feels like his his inconsistency um, is symptomatic of Philadelphia's inconsistency overall. And so I I very much think that this Philadelphia team is in trouble, and I think Tampa's fortunate to get them in this spot at home. So yeah. I'm going to go with Tampa plus 130. You mentioned you mentioned the tush push, and I I've wondered if that has everyone celebrates it. It's yep. highly effective, but it's limited their playbook in a way and the options. Mm-hmm. It's almost lengthened the field. It's it could work against them. I it, it could be a bad argument, but for some reason they're, they're always excited to get to a third and one and a fourth and one, and you know what they're going to do, and they do have some some plays or th- you know some end arounds off of that but it, it it's almost a limited playbook in that regard where on sometimes on third and one maybe you get in a shotgun and 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 throw the ball or or do something different yeah or if you're you know second and four maybe you don't run the ball thinking third and one you're tush push maybe you try and take a shot down the field or maybe you, you do something else where you're right. not yeah, always yeah, getting yeah. you know it's like you're all expanding the my thought yeah yeah, exactly. yeah 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 it's all the plays that are leading up to all that yeah right i agree but it could be a bad argument but it's it's, it's something to, to think about because of how ineffective their offense has been the second half of the season Okay, let's summarize our plays, and then we're going to get into a little bit of DFS to close. So I'll go with my plays, and then I'll volley to you for each of these six. So again, the first game, Cleveland and Houston. I had the over 44 and a half, and I have Flacco over 268 and a half passing yards and over one and a half touchdowns. So I have the over 44 and a half. And that was at minus 110 on DraftKings. And I have Nico Collins over 73 and a half receiving yards. And that was at MGM at minus 115. Next game, Miami and the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs minus four and a half. And I have Isaiah Pacheco over 64 and a half rushing yards. I have the under in this game. And that was at 43 and a half at MGM minus Mm -hmm. 110. I did not have a prop play. Okay. Pittsburgh and Buffalo. I have prop plays only. I have Khalil Shakir over 31 and a half receiving yards. And I like his anytime touchdown scoring odds at plus 285. I also only have a prop on this game. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Najee Harris over 57 and a half rushing yards on MGM at minus 115. Okay, Green Bay and Dallas. I like the over in this one, 50 and a half. And I like Jordan Love's over passing yards, 248 and a half. I like a prop here, and that was Dak Prescott over 275 and a half passing yards on FanDuel at minus 114. Rams and Lions. I didn't know what to do with this game, so I took a prop play with Cooper Cup plus 120 anytime touchdown score. 
I am on the Rams money line, currently at plus 140 on FanDuel and MGM. And my only play in Philadelphia, Tampa, is Tampa on the money line at plus 130. And my only play on that game is a prop. Chris Godwin, over 54 and a half receiving yards on DraftKings at minus 115. Okay, so our final segment of In the Red Zone today will feature DFS lineups. So Craig and I entered the same contest on FanDuel and created lineups for this weekend's games. We're doing all six, or you could you could pick players from each of the six games to comprise your lineup. The way FanDuel works, you get a $60,000 budget with each player assigned a specific value. You have nine slots to fill. You go with a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and a defense. And again, you have 60000 to to spend among those nine players. So how should we do this, Craig? Should I list my whole team and then you want to go with yours or do you want to go player by player? Let's go position by position, player by player. Okay. And as we as we said, you know, we talked beforehand quickly, and I said my roster is I put it in last night. Yeah. And I'm calling it under construction, just <laughs> sort of still working on it. I I like the gut plays and the initial thought process of last night's roster, but after doing some more research and digging yeah. into props today that I may make some switches and I'll mention that, but yeah. that's something to be said too. When you play DFS, many people do always stay up to date with the latest news and, and don't yeah, be like a Laporta news or something like that. Right. Right. That could change your mindset. And, you know, I think in order to my understanding in order to get in the contest is you have to actually enter a lineup, save it. And then you have the ability to go in and edit it. Um, up to game times and some have swaps, right? Yes. That some is my understanding game. too, how you can do it. That's, that's how I've always understood it. Yeah. So yeah, you can't just hit a button, enter, and then do a lineup later and just save a spot. I believe you have to enter the full lineup Yes, and save it in there. And then you can edit. Correct. So I, I I'll kick us off. I have um, following my, a prop play of mine. I have Dak Prescott as my quarterback. He is the third most expensive quarterback on the board. At 8,600. Okay. I have Matthew Stafford at 7,400. He is my quarterback. Um, I do think they're going to – I think it's good value at 7,400 uh, given uh, the value of other quarterbacks. And at the very least, you know, that totals 51 and a half. So you have – the points have to come from somewhere. So um, I went with Stafford. Nice. Yeah, it's a, at the running back spot, I took the most expensive running back, uh, Kyron Williams, mm-hmm. and I'm pairing him currently with Jerome Ford. But I do think that, you know, after looking into uh, Najee and that game and that weather forecast, that I may substitute Najee and for Jerome Ford. Mm. They're both similar price points. Actually, Ford is... Ford is higher uh, at this point in time, about $300. So that's oh. where my running back um, position Ford is, is higher than right Harris? Ford is 6,800. Harris is 6,500. Hmm. That is pretty curious. I went with Pacheco at 8,000 and Singletary at 6,300. I think either way, I, you know, Singletary is a volume guy in that Houston backfield too. So um, I think that's pretty good value at 6,300 for Singletary. Yeah, and Pacheco is the third highest back mm-hmm. this uh, price point for this mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers, this is currently I have as my wide receivers. And again, I'll be waiting on some news, but I have Devontae Smith. Okay. I have Chris Godwin. And I have, um, you know, a price point that I needed to fill. I have Justin Watson currently hoping for that probably touchdown equity there from him. If he could catch one or two balls with a touchdown is what I was thinking. And Devontae Smith, the play for me there was if A.J. Brown doesn't go. Totally. That he becomes the the number one 
the target share will be high. And um, I like him um, there in that in that point at at that point. And God, when we talked about, I like yeah his prop, so I plugged him into the lineup as well. Um, I w- I like Shakir this week. Obviously, I've talked about him a couple times. I have him here at fifty eight hundred, and then I went big on Dallas. So your logic around Prescott's yards to me, I just translated it basically to the wide receiver. So I went with CD lamb for 10,000 and I went with Brandon cooks for 6,500. So those are my three receivers. Uh, and is CD is the most expensive player on the CD board. Is the is most that, expensive. Yeah. On the board. Yeah. I think. Right. So mm-hmm. Josh Allen's 9,300 and then Kyron Williams is 9,000 at their positions. So yeah, the premium they, for the premium wide receiver. That is CD lamb. It makes sense. Every you know, every time you you think a team is they're, and they're going to focus on him and they're going to try to shut him down, but doesn't matter. His number of receptions and targets and the way they're using him is is uh, you know pretty 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 good right now. So I, I don't I don't blame you there. And Cooks has scored I think eight times in the last nine games, or there he's eight, maybe eight touchdowns in nine or ten games. So, There's always that argument with with guys like CD. Like when you're the wide receiver one, it's always like, well, teams are going to focus on you. It's like, well, so what? Like, <laughs> like who in Green Bay's de- defense is going to be able to stop CD Lamb for an entire game? Like, no one in the league really can do that. So I understand that there's going to be like a focus, but people like CD Lamb can overcome a focus. They expect to be focused on. He's I mean, he's the top five wide receiver in the league. Like, why wouldn't they be focused on him? So. It, to me, like I understand the argument of like, oh well, they're gonna, you know, that the that the opportunity could open up for other receivers, and I get that, but there's no way CD's not getting double digit targets in this game. Like, of course he is. Yeah, they're focusing on him, and the offense is focused on getting him the ball. So, right. like, who's gonna win out? And with a guy like CD, they move him all over the place in the slot and arounds. He's He's become a little bit like how they use Debo, not as much run, but they'll they'll give yeah. him a couple of run plays a game. And yeah, it's he's a talent. You just can't he's mm-hmm. not gonna line he's not gonna line up outside every single play, left or right side every single time, and you can bracket him and and go one on one even. So it's a it's a good play. There's and there's other talent out there like that in the league where yeah, you know, like I mean, you're talking about Cup and Nakua, right? Those guys they're going to plan to stop them. Are they going to do it? Right. Right. Yeah. That's the question, right? Um, okay. Three more slots to fill here. What'd you do with the tight end position? So right now we just mentioned them. I, I had Brock right in there. And again, last night, not knowing that Laporta was practicing today. Yeah. And, you know, in, I think when you talk prop versus or gameplay and prop versus DFS, I would definitely, if a Porter's playing, I'm making that switch, right? I'm going away from this play. So that's where I think if I went to Najee Harris, save 300 and I already have a hundred dollars. Oh, I might, mm-hmm. I might look to upgrade the tight end um, where I don't know yet, but like a Kate Otten, mm-hmm. he's 5,000 and Brock Wright's 4,700. So something that might be the switch that I make, put Najee in and then go to Kate Otten um, after the news develops and this, we see who's playing. Yeah. Yeah. I went with um, Kraft at 5,300 here in the tight end position. I talked about how I think Love is going to have to throw the ball one way or the other. One, because they're playing catch up or two, just to keep up with Dallas's offense and I wanted somebody on a Green Bay's offense in this lineup that was not a running back, and Kraft was the one I ended up settling on. Okay. And then did you look into Musgrave and what – I think he was back last week, right? Um, that might just be something to, to keep an eye on for your lineup. Yeah, their tight end situation was pretty muddled. I know, yeah. you know, with Musgrave you know, being, you know, in and out. Um I still think Kraft is good value at fifty three hundred. I, I, you know, irrespective of how yep. healthy Musgraves is, um, Kraft kind of emerged anyway. So whether or not Musgrave plays or doesn't play doesn't actually scare me off of keeping Kraft in. Got it. 
my flex play. So after everything, usually I have the flexes last, even after. Yeah, I usually do that too. Mm -hmm. So I had enough for Cooper Cup. So I have Hmm. Cup as my flex at this time. He's 7,500. Okay. Which I think you've mentioned is he's, you know, he's, he's down the list a little bit and yeah, I, maybe it's just the emergence of Nakua, but Nakua is 8,000. He's $500 more. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. Cup seems to be undervalued just in general. Unless it's the emergence of Nakua and Kyron Williams together. Yeah. But um, I do have him in as the flex. Who's your flex? Devin Atchain at 7,400. 7, I didn't have anybody on Miami. I think that's going to be a game where they run the ball. The health of Mostert is still in question. A-Chain, uh, or Atchain, however you say his name. I've heard both. Um, he was A-Chain at Texas A&M, and now all of a sudden he's A-Chain at the, at the Dolphins. Um, I mean, he's one of the most explosive players in the league. The numbers back that up over eight yards of carry, so he doesn't need to get a ton of touches in order to score, and Miami's going to have to run the ball in this game, whether or not they want to. And uh, they might lean on him more with um, Mostert's health in question. You know, they'll probably go to Jeff Wilson a little bit too. Who's, I mean, that, that's a great third running back to have in your room. But um, I think he's still going to get his looks. And I think uh, at 7,400, I think the value is pretty good. Yeah, and I, I think that taking a guy in a game like that, that's potential low scoring in the weather is good because if they do pop and he has a game, yeah, you're – the 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 own percentage of HN is it could be could be low because of mm-hmm. that. And if you have mm-hmm. him, it's a leverage play for it you. increases the value. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And then so defense is left. Defense I have. So I sometimes I don't know how you do it. Sometimes I start with my defense because I want to see what D I like in the bottom half or bottom third even. And yeah. I took Kansas City. Okay. And they were four thousand. They were mm-hmm. the fourth cheapest defense of the weekend. Out mm-hmm. of well, out of the what do we have? We have six games. So we have twelve teams. Well, so mm-hmm. I am actually no, they are not the fourth. They are actually right in the middle. So they're right in the middle. They're four thousand. But I like the play. Um, tempted to take. <laughs> you can save a thousand dollars if you take Pittsburgh versus mm-hmm. Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And, I took Pittsburgh. They're the they're my defense at three thousand. Um, I, I think Kansas I City's a much. That. I think Kansas City's a much better defense, but the only reason is the environment. Well, there's two reasons. One, the environment, and two, Josh Allen's propensity for turnovers. Right. So right. they could you know they could let up seventeen points and get two turnovers. That's pretty good defense for. 3,000. That's how I'm kind of looking at it. You know, uh, Buffalo, Allen has had a good year and he's overcome his turnovers because of their volume, right? What was it last week? They had like 300 plus yards, but he also had the two picks, right? It's like the, the amount of volume that Buffalo has on offense can help cover up some of Allen's deficiencies in his decision-making, right? Either either turning the ball over with bad throws or trying to do too much in the run game and just turn it over. It, that volume on the possession side is not going to be here in this game, but Allen's ability to make decisions is. So I think that um, Pittsburgh at 3,000, despite Buffalo's potent offense, is the way to go. Yeah, I like that. I like that play and in this type of like DFS environment, you're just looking for something out of your defense. And the what you just said is is a perfect um summary of what could happen there. So thousand dollar difference. Yeah. Big. Yeah. And I've got three hundred remaining. So yeah, there's an ability to tinker, I guess, a little bit, but I'm very likely going to keep this lineup of Stafford, Pacheco, Singletary, Lamb. Shakir, Cooks, Kraft, A-Chain, A-Chain, <laughs> and the Steelers. That's that's my lineup. I like it. I will probably be making changes, so I will not list my lineup again. Mm. But maybe maybe when we go to when we when we when we record next week, we'll maybe we'll kick it off with a recap of how we did against each other. We should think of a bet. We haven't even thought of a bet for this yet. 
Okay. Because we well, just entered one of those. We didn't enter uh, a one-on-one -on -one contest. We entered a larger FanDuel contest where there's somewhere in the range of 7,000 plus entries. So what should we bet? What do you think? Maybe a parlay. Maybe a parlay entry or, you know, I, I do enjoy cold Miller lights. So maybe <laughs> some of those. Hmm. I think the latter might be the way to go. We'll contemplate what our bet is and we'll let you know what that uh, result is uh, when we kick off next week's coverage of the next round of the playoffs that includes the division winners. Any final thoughts, Craig, as we close here? No, everyone enjoy the games. Best of luck to you with your bets and uh, don't be afraid of the peacock. <laughs> I'll be watching Alabama, Mississippi State. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this week's episode of In the Red Zone. You can find Craig at FredDinger23 on X. You can find me at Total Sports underscore 247. We'll both probably be very active this weekend on X. I know there'll, there'll, be, a, there'll be a parlay coming, I'm assuming. Yes? There will be one out there. So stay tuned for that. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of In the Red Zone, and we will see you next week for division round coverage.